Oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing. Well, memories, <laughs> they, they tend to be edited a little bit, don't they? It's, it's been about a, a year and a half or, or so since uh, they left Egypt. Um, yeah, I, I imagine there probably was not money exchanging hands at a butcher shop in order to receive those portions of food. Um, because there wasn't, it's not that there wasn't money, it's that the slaves didn't have any. It's not that there wasn't any cost. It's that those 16-hour days, those days of making bricks without straw, had receded into the background of their minds so far back that, that now they could no longer remember them. There is a dissatisfaction with the gift of manna at this point. Dissatisfaction, perhaps the Lord doesn't have our best interests at heart. Perhaps the Lord doesn't have a, a full scope of all that we're going through down here. Wouldn't it be nice that the Lord would, would provide a few more gifts beyond daily bread and a little meat might go a long way. Could we shift the menu just a little bit? I haven't talked to my daughter about the menu at, at St. Paul's High School yet much. I don't know how much there is to really say about it. I suppose it's like a lot of schools' menus. I remember when I was in school going to the dining hall, and yeah, there was a rotation. There was a rotation of things that, yeah, sometimes you like it, sometimes you don't. But there was always Cheerios. There was always the, the breakfast station that was out 24 hours, seven days a week, just about. So if whatever was in the sauce that was there at station number two didn't look all that appealing, there was always Cheerios. And every once in a while, those Cheerios tasted pretty good. Sometimes you want your Cheerios with a little chocolate milk instead. All kinds of reasons to be dissatisfied. And this text is, is full of them. Full of them. Everybody's got problems in this text. The whole crowd, they have on the one hand forgotten what it's like to be slaves and simply would like a shift in the menu. Can't God figure that out? Moses, not having a good day either, with all that's going on, with all the rabble is talking about, can't you, can't you just kill me and be done? Well, we're only a year and a half into this. We've got... We've got 38 and a half more to go. <laughs> Just kill me and put me out of my misery with all these people. 
I suppose you've never had that thought yourself. Moses is having a bad day. And then even after the solution comes, Joshua isn't happy with it. Because look, there's two guys in the camp and now they're prophesying and, and they didn't come out to the temple meeting like all the rest of us did. Moses tell them to shut up. Every, every layer of ministry, from the, from the crowd, the, the, the baptized, to, to the, the head, Moses, to his second-in-command, Joshua, everybody's dissatisfied with something in this text. Uh, is it any surprise, then, that even in our New Testament text, we have the same thing going on with, with John? John! I mean, isn't John supposed to be, you know, the disciple of love? And the, the one whose gospel is so filled with all of these wonderful words of Jesus? Of course it is. But there he is, in his infancy of faith, throwing rocks. Putting on his, putting on his favorite Pharisee hat, he comes to Jesus with a complaint about the other guy who's doing it like we did. And remember, if you recall last Sunday's lesson, when they weren't able to cast out the demon because of their lack of faith. Oops. It was that other guy who's not following us, but he's casting out demons, and we just messed up and couldn't do it Shouldn't we tell everybody to stop? And Jesus says, <laughs> not quite sure which side of the bed you woke up on, John. Everybody's got problems. Not quite sure where the power of God really lies here. Not quite sure what gifts to be thankful for and where to point out fingers and where to throw rocks and what to complain about. And God's got an answer. And it's the same answer really across the board. More Jesus. <laughs> More Jesus. Double down on Jesus and get over all of this. Apply it directly to the problem. More Jesus. Okay, Moses, let's start with the top. We'll start with the top, and we'll bring not just some more word of the Lord, but we will blanket the place with the word of the Lord. How about that? We will blanket the place with the word of the Lord, and that will solve your problem. Seventy elders, seventy preachers to come alongside Moses to receive from his spirit so that the word of the Lord can go out into every corner of the camp. This is a good move. I, I feel confident saying that because it's the move that God suggested. So I feel confident saying this is a good move. But you can see kind of even logistically how this is a good move. Because 
what's about to happen is that the people are going to be leaving Mount Sinai and starting to head out, right? And so the ongoing presence of the Lord at the mountain is going to be transferred now to the tabernacle full-time. That's going to be the hot spot of God's presence. Now what we want is we want the word of the Lord from that hot spot to be spread out so that everybody has it in their ears. What that pillar of fire and cloud means and the fact that we are headed on this direction, this trajectory that the Lord had set some four or five hundred years ago. And yes, the manna is going to keep falling. And yes, there will be meat. But did you see that God first off answers their prayer by giving them more word? More word. Why does he give them more word first? I have one thought about that. Have you ever gotten a gift or received something good and then immediately thought, yeah, but I would have liked the one in red? You see, there's this propensity when this ball of sin gets rolling that even the good gift is not enough. It is not sufficient. It doesn't scratch my itch just, just right. So even if I'm going to get the gift that I'm asking for, even when the Lord says yes to my prayer, <laughs> is, is my heart in such a place that I'm ready to receive it as though the heavens actually had opened and the Lord had fully answered my prayer. And I am now what? Content, right? Or do I get my prayer answered? Yes. And now I have a new list of five more things that would be lovely to have tomorrow. Um, or, you know, ASAP, God, uh, because my contentment is, is not quite where it, where it should be. Not, not quite there yet. And so the word of the Lord goes out to pave the way for the gift. John the Baptist comes first, and then Jesus. The word of the Lord goes out so that God's people can be called to hear and to repent. And then in receiving the gift of God, actually receive it. Actually be content. And healed. Not by getting everything they ever wanted, but by getting the one thing that they truly needed. And then all these other gifts come flowing. I think Jesus said it this way, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all of these other things will be added unto you. But they won't mean a hill of beans to you until the kingdom of God has overcome that sin of jealousy or discontentment or false memories 
about how things have been in the past. So the answer to Moses is more word of the Lord. For you spread throughout all the camp in the mouths of these elders whom the people have already called to be their leaders. Fabulous. Fantastic. Marvelous. That that Moses doesn't have to be the only preacher. Fantastic. Beautiful. And the people's calling for extras, the people's calling for more and more and more. Yes, the quail is nice, but a nice slice of medium rare would be great. Now, all of that is silenced. Why? Because the word of the Lord, the Spirit of God, has moved out and has calmed their hearts, their minds, their spirits, called them under again the Lord's kingship in preparation for their moving out. Because they, they have a story to tell about the Lord's redemption. And they're getting the facts wrong about what had happened back in Egypt. What it was like and what God did about it. And recovering that story, recovering what it was to have their babies thrown into the Nile River, what it was to recover those days of making bricks without straw, and what it was to see the mighty hand of God to rescue them. All of those memories need to be refreshed. That'll only happen by the Spirit of the living God sorting out truth from perception. And when that happens, their thankfulness is restored. A little bit of truth goes a long way. And their thankfulness is restored. Now what about Joshua? Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Shouldn't they be out here with us? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, they should. But is it wrong? Isn't it that the Spirit is doing what the Spirit is doing? You're not calling Eldad and Medad to account. You're calling the Holy Spirit to account, Joshua. That's dangerous business. Let's reverse that thought then. Let's reverse that thought and pray this. Would that the Lord would put his spirit on all his people. Would that the Lord's people all were prophets. 
The Lord had called them at Mount Sinai to be a nation of priests, to be a people of the word, to be a people imbued with the word and knowledge of God in such a way that they could tell God's story in the world that he was coming to rescue them from sin, death, and the devil, and not just Israel, but all nations. By that promise. And Moses prays, Moses prays that it wouldn't just be 70, but that it would be 700,000 or whatever number there might have been. Millions. You, my dearly beloved friends, are God's answer to Moses' prayer. Would that the Lord would put his spirit on all his people. And hasn't he? And hasn't he? All of you baptized into Christ have received the light of Christ. That this mighty gift, this mighty gift prayed for by Moses, was able to be proclaimed by Peter at Pentecost. And so on this 18th Sunday after that Pentecost, perhaps it's good to be reminded again what Peter had said 18 Sundays ago. Be baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will receive the same gift. The same gift. Because the Lord promises, so we believe that in that gift of holy baptism, you have been given this gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit to know and receive the very word of the Lord, to be contented in it in all of its blessedness. And you have been bound to the story of Christ. You've been bound to his mighty deeds and acts from creation through redemption, even to his very work in you and in the church. God answers prayers even 1,600 years later to give that gift to his people Israel and 2,000 years later again to give it to you. May the faithful, faithful God take all of our daily discontents and respond to all of them with more and more and more Jesus, calling us to repentance, faith, life, and ultimately hope. But not just for us, but for the sake of being able to pack our bags, walk the next steps of the journey, with that story and promise blazing on our hearts and minds so that we are ready to declare the mighty deeds of God instead, instead of asking for God to do it some other way. Peace be with you all under his care and rule. In Jesus' name, amen.